We have our scripture passage uh, listed in our bulletins, and we're going to um, be lifting up this complete passage. We heard uh, parts of it earlier during the um, heritage uh, celebration, and um, these words are from the Apostle Paul. And in these words, um, what he's really doing is reminding us of two things, who we are and what we are about. So let's read this together. Just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as God chose. And God has put the body together so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. To that I say amen, and it's interesting as I was reading these words, it's, it, you know, it's fascinating the insight into not just spirituality, but just really into the human condition and how things work. And to think that, you know, when I think of 2,000 years ago, so many times I think about people walking in robes and sandals and sticks and primitive, primitive, primitive. And this is sophisticated stuff. And it's fascinating what was going on in their minds, regardless of what you saw on the outside. So <clears throat> we are the body of Christ. That's what the church is. That's what we are. We're part of that. It's how we view every person as part of the one greater body created by God. And that is a sacred way to look at humanity. It may not be the political way or the psychological way or the economic way, but that's a spiritual way that we look at humanity. And not only the way that we look at humanity, but really <clears throat> where our ethics come from, where our morals come from. Seeing each person and understanding each person as a sacred being and part of a greater sacred body, deserving of that level of dignity, that level of respect, worthy of that level of human rights and justice. And then here at Southport Congregational Church, we're also a part of that body. Sometimes it can be easy to think that, you know, this, this is it. We are a grain of sand in, in, the, in the larger part but important. And our body, 
as a church is 180 years old. So this is how it feels to be 180, right? <laughs> and we are. Now, you can't do that as an individual, can you? But as a church, we are, and we're part of this church. And we've been doing this for a long, long time. I was thinking about this in relation to Heritage Sunday today, as well as our annual meeting that we're going to have right afterwards. And, and here's something fun. These certificates that we gave out today, um, one of our members who we're celebrating today, Bonnie Annecy, um, Bonnie Annecy is a 66-year member, um, very active all her life. Now she lives in alternate Connecticut, um, also called Florida. <laughs> Bonnie's mom, Esther Huther, um, who I knew, she died in 2011. Bonnie found um, some things at her house, and she ended up giving a couple of things to the church. One of these things that was really interesting was this is the key to the original church from 1843. We never really exactly resolved why uh, Bonnie's grandmother had the key to the church, but the other thing that was really interesting is that there is a certificate from Southport Congregational Church that was given to Esther's mother, Bonnie's grandmother, and she joined the church in 1898, and she was given a certificate in 1948 for 50-year membership. And you know what? I was kind of astounded when I saw her certificate because it really didn't look very much different than the ones that we got today. And so I think, you know, I don't know if anybody is going to be finding your certificate 100 years from now, but you never know. You never know. But it makes me think once again that we have been living as this body and as a part of this body for generations. And so I was thinking about some of the people who we're honoring today in that regard, like Dwight Wheeler, we talked about. I know that he doesn't like to be singled out, so I'm not going to single you out. I'm going to include you with a group of some other people. Sally Conti, Bonnie Yannese, who I mentioned, Dave Huntington, Serena Smith, Carol Wheeler, all 60-plus-year members of this church. And I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, you know, there's a lot of ways to look at this. It's kind of a long time, right? It's a pretty long time. I read 60-some members, and, you know, and I heard some people say, wow. And that is a long time. And it also hit me, too, that, you know, a lot of people here, including me, were older than 60 years. So, you know, I think, exactly how old is that, anyway? And then it hit me <clears throat> that, you know, my gosh... 60 years as a part of this church is a third of its entire life. That, I think, is pretty wild. I was talking with Dave Huntington, one of the people in that, in, in that group. I was talking with him a couple days ago. And um, I, Dave, I know you are watching today. He watches from New Hampshire, recently moved up there. Um, to, be with his, to be with his kids. Um, I know he's watching because he watches faithfully every Sunday. So there's the people who we see, and then there's, there's people now 
live stream, who are remote, who we may not see physically, but are very much a part of us. So Dave's been a member here for 63 years. Interesting thing is he joined when he was 34 years old. He's now a very vibrant 97-year-old. And I do mean very vibrant. He said, well, now I need to walk with a cane. I'm like, I should be so lucky. <clears throat> now, the funny thing is, when he was a kid, though, he was playing baseball in our back parking lot, what's now our back parking lot. When he was a kid, though, that wasn't a parking lot. And that wasn't even ours at Southport Congregational Church. It was a lot. And it had, he said, you know, it had a couple of maple trees, and uh, he goes, I don't, I don't know why we'd play baseball there, but, but he did. So that was 88 years ago. And I think about that, and I think, wait a minute, <clears throat> 88 years? That's like half of the entire 180-year life of the church. And I thought, no, that couldn't be wrong. That couldn't be right. Couldn't be 50%. I was like, yeah, no, it's not 50%. It's like 49.6%. <clears throat> God bless you, Dave, who's really been here for half of the life of the 180 years of the church. And he did everything. As far as that goes, Sally Conti, who we also mentioned, 66-year member, is phenomenal human being. She ran the carousel for 22 years. Some people say that showing up is half the battle. Right? We've had a lot of people showing up for a long time. But the big question, of course, is what are we showing up for? right? Not just what are we doing as a church, but what are we supposed to be doing as a church? And specifically, how about the last year and how about going forward? What are we supposed to be doing? Here's a little history and theology lesson. From the very first time that followers of Christ started to get together, as it's recorded in the Bible, even the very first, first, first groups, and from that point on, all did four very distinct things. And these things have come to be known as the four marks of the church. As a church, if you want to be true to what you're supposed to be doing, what Christ had in mind, you're going to be engaged in all four of these things, and they need to be in a healthy balance. It's not a law. It's not a doctrine. But it's just that if you only do some of these things, you're going to be doing good things. It's just not going to be a church. And so we need to always be very mindful. Are we doing these four things in balance? And these four things are worship, community, education, and mission. And by the way, if you look at our, our four boards and, and, and how they are operated, they follow very closely along these lines, except for the fellowship part, because fellowship is a committee and that really runs throughout. So for example, <clears throat> If you just worship and pray together, let's say you're, you're part of a prayer group or something like that, that's wonderful. It might be a great spiritual practice group. Maybe you meditate. 
but it's not a complete church. Some people get together for community support, for, re, for relationships and fellowship. You might be a great social group, but you're not a church. There are some groups together that get together, some whole organizations, and what do they do? They do human services. Wonderful. That's terrific. And justice, you might be a fabulous human service organization, but that in itself is not a church. You can do education, same thing. You might be a school. You can be, even be a religious school. <clears throat> but there's only one organization that does all four of these things at once and keeping them in balance, and that is church. And these four marks or actions that churches have always done since the very beginning are extremely familiar to us. So familiar that I bet a lot of you have probably never even thought of them in this way. Worship, spiritual practice are expressions of that. Prayer, singing, meditation, reading, listening to scriptures, sermons. Second is community, being the body of Christ, being together. In the way that <clears throat> we hear in scriptures that if one part suffers, all suffer together. And sometimes we do suffer. And then if one part rejoices or is honored, then everyone rejoices with it and supports one another. We go through the highs, we go through the lows, we go through all the different facets of life. And we do this together because we're a community. Being a part of a community means that, you know, I think about the cross being vertical and horizontal. It's not just this vertical thing, me and God, I get God on the golf course and when I walk on the beach, that's wonderful. But it's about human connection and traveling this journey together. Not just about our lives, but about all of us. How do we live and navigate this with all of our different parts where we're each doing different things, singing, working on the trustees, ushering, doing flowers, taking care of the building, delivering bread to people who, who need it, on and on and on and on again. You know, we think about the, the, the body metaphor that there says that, they're, you know, they're the eyes, they're the hands, there's the mind, the muscles and the legs, and all together, that's what makes us move. That's what makes us healthy. When you read our annual report, which I hope, I hope every one of you does, and we have copies, they should be in the narthex, we have copies in the fellowship hall. You read this and you go, I get it, I get it. This is the body, this is what you see, working together and beautifully. Worship, community, education, and mission. So what are we here for? And how do we do with that? It's what you find on every page of the report. And look at it in terms of who we are and what do we do through this lens of these four things. Let's take just kind of a quick scan and look and reflection about this. Worship, of course, all sorts of ways, times, locations, styles on the beach. Sometimes in the summer, we go in the chapel sometimes, all sorts of music. We just had our Wednesday evening, Ash Wednesday service, Easter, sunrise service, Monday, Thursday, uh, evening service in Fellowship Hall, different location, Christmas Eve, blue Christmas candlelight service that was in the courtyard, 
So God bless and thank you for everyone who's been a part of these things, the body in this way. Worship isn't worship without us being together. Showing up is a big part. And believe me, during the pandemic, when every one of these pews was empty, there's a real difference. And there's a difference that you felt by not being able to be here either. So thank you, Lauren, Julianne, our choirs, our musicians, adults, kids, the ushers, the deacons, the people who magically make the bulletin appear every Sunday. It just happens, effortless. People who do our communications, prepare our space, keep it looking and feeling welcoming, that a place was prepared for you. It's like people care, because we do. So thank you, Pam and Janae and Paul DePrado and Tim and Sydney and Riviera and Linval and Roseanne. These are some of the people behind the scenes. And because now we also get together on live stream, thank you to the group who's up there every single Sunday presenting that. Parker, Trevor, Michael, all of our high school live stream dream team. So that's worship. And then there's community. And community, as I said, runs through everything we do. So thank you and God bless you to our fellowship committee who makes it happen. When we go back there and we get these wonderful things every Sunday that just magically appear. <laughs> There's somebody who's doing that. And you can also volunteer to help do that, which would be wonderful. Our fellowship committee, you know, has been putting on a fellowship hour and and thank you to everyone who helps with that. And then they also do things during the year, movie night, trivia night, Christmas open house, progressive dinner, picnics, barbecues. You know. And then we have fellowship, important connections in our boards and in our committees. I mentioned the loss of Perry Spate. He was a big part of that. And as we'll hear in the annual meeting afterwards, when we recognize what he and Patty have done over four decades, you know, I'm sure that many of you have served with him, have acted with him, have rejoiced with him, have, and now we're suffering. I think about our 29 Carousel Thrift Shop volunteers. Such a great group. Where they do so much, and a lot of that is the relationships among themselves and among the people who walk in the door. We have fellowship in our men's group, our women's group, in the choirs. Community runs throughout. This includes <clears throat> community that, that occurs from, we have members who drive other members to doctor's appointments. We don't see that, but it's happening. We have members who I, we call on Christmas morning because one of our kids sliced his thumb open. And she says, I'll be right there. Come to my office Christmas morning. Thank you. I think there was also Thanksgiving morning one year, too. <clears throat> There's the meals that people prepare for each other when somebody, maybe they just got out of the hospital, they're in need. There's the people who provide a listening ear. This is what makes a congregation and an open heart. And then there's our, our education all over the place. Children, youth, adults. So God bless you. And thank you again, Laura and, and, and Julianne and Sydney and Melissa, 
our Board of Christian Education, and all of our volunteers. And now let's talk about the fourth element of mission. How about that one? Because we are one body, the way our scripture put it was Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. In their minds, that's covering all the bases. And it says Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we're all part of the one body. It's not just people who follow Jesus. Whether we're in the church or not, rich or poor, gay or straight, right? We treat each other, we care for each other, as if we're all part of the one body. You know why? Because we are. It's not an as if, as our scriptures tell us. If one member suffers, we all suffer together. So we care for those who are inside and outside of our church community. Looking back on 2022, let's think about that part of our body and what we're doing in this way. Please read the annual report, our Board of Missions, because that's a wonderful portion of our total impact. Sometimes we think about the Board of Missions and, we, you know, it's often referred to, you know, we look at their budget item and we go, well, this is what we do as mission. No, 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 no. That's a portion of the greater whole. If you look in your bulletins, there's a, a, a beautiful color pie chart. Check it out, because that really is what gives us more of an authentic picture of our giving and the lives that we touch and our help. This is you through your giving and caring that gets translated into this thing called money sometimes and then gets dispersed. And then it's like that food transforms into calories, which transforms into energy. That's how it works. It becomes outreach. It becomes help. It becomes giving hope. It becomes saving lives. All this fed by your giving and your doing. So thank you to all of you. Our help and our reach to people in need is in the thousands, providing educational support, help with addictions, housing, food, clothing, helping people who are refugees who have fled for their lives, people who are reintegrating into life after imprisonment, people who have been burned out of their homes beyond Julianne, including Julianne, beyond Julianne. Support for those on the Red Shirt Table Reservation in South Dakota, providing housing and support for women and their families who've been abused, providing help for homeless veterans, men and women, providing help for people to pay medical bills, providing help for people to repair their car when it breaks down, as well as providing counseling and support for our youth, for people who are suicidal. It's an epidemic for people who are depressed, also an epidemic. Our help is vast. Part of our church help goes through organizations, and then part of it is you, rolling up your sleeves, Stuffing backpacks, making and serving meals, picking up and delivering bread to people who are hungry. We do all of that. And then part of that goes through a mission board and part of that is you directly. Part of that goes through Laura and me that people intentionally never see. To maintain dignity, 
to maintain privacy. Part of it goes through the youth group. And some of this is wonderfully funded by some very loving church members who have set up missions and acts of service and acts of kindness funds to help address needs as they arise when people come to us or we're aware of things. And they say, we know that there's things that the church doesn't cover otherwise. We want you to be able to address these and help these. God bless you. God bless you. People who've done that. People who've run into a rough patch with employment, who without some help would lose their home, and we are their last choice. Some people have something as simple or as life-changing as a car accident or the car breaks down. And you know what? We may not think of it, but if your car doesn't work, you can't work. You can't drive, and no longer then can you support your family. And the whole house of cards falls. I mentioned the hospital bills through the Bridgeport Hospital Bed Fund. So our mission board budget is one part of that. And then there's the whole pie, the bigger picture. So who are we? <laughs> who are we? And what have we been doing? Frankly, when you put it all together, thanks for, thanks for listening to all this. Because it is a lot. It is a lot. It's even hard to keep track of. And I'll be honest with you, when I, when I think about it, when I start laying it out like this, when I look at the annual report, it makes my head spin. And I wonder sometimes, how are we doing all this stuff? Worship, community, education, and mission. All four, I am so proud. So proud to be a part of this body of Christ with you. You're part of my body. Let's keep our body healthy. All right? Let's keep our body strong. Let's keep our body moving and spiritually grounded at the same time. Let's keep weeping with those who weep, rejoicing with those who rejoice, because this is a privileged and a blessed journey to be able to love and serve. And I never take one moment of any of this for granted. God bless you. God bless us. I love you. Thank you. Amen.